And what's going on guys, Alex here, and right now with the third part of 100 productivity hacks which will most probably work for you. Let's begin. And beginning the third part with the number 59, which is called Love Your Job. So essentially you're happier, more productive and more efficient when you're doing something you love. So sometimes you may struggle to love your job and its challenges, but having a positive attitude will most probably help. And use your initiative to find the parts of your job you enjoy doing and what makes those a bigger part of your role. Here I can tell you that that's a pretty good idea. And by the way, I have tried it. I am trying it right now for all of my jobs. But I can tell you that you really, really work better, work much more efficiently when you enjoy what you're doing. And that's the reason why, for example, I chose to work at the place which where I enjoy working, so essentially at the ambulance, and not at the hospital where I I don't hate working there, but uh, it's a little bit more challenging. So I prefer the work which I really enjoy doing, and I can only highly recommend to you this approach. And going next, number 58, break bad habits. So the overwhelmingly majority of things that prevent us from being productive are just a result of bad habits. So we open Facebook and the next thing we know, half an hour has disappeared. And we forget to eat well again, so we're sluggish throughout the day. We don't schedule mean tasks, so we got lost and overwhelmed. Make the effort to break your bad habits and you'll reap the benefits in the long run with higher productivity and improved quality of life in general. Here I can only tell you that I can highly recommend the book Atomic Habits about habits at all, about creating good in one and breaking bad one, and uh, th the general idea of habits and how to form them. That's a really impressive book, I, I suppose, by the author James Clear. And uh, this book is uh, a bestseller in some parts of the productivity YouTube, I suppose, and I can only tell you that all you need to know about habits, how to break bad ones and how to create the good ones, is uh, right over there, and uh, I have listened to this book in Audible, and uh, that's really, really impressive book. And the next productivity hack is called devices in meetings, and essentially we all know how distracting our electronic devices are at the best of times. They are can become all the powerful during a snooze-worthy meetings, further lowering concentration levels and engagement and putting off whoever is speaking. So preempt this by enforcing a ban on all devices during meetings, that's that simple. And uh, here we can tell that that works incredibly, but also I can tell you that uh, the thing which I have told before, that the best thing to make sure that the meeting is uh, useful First of all, is to understand the purpose of the meeting, and next is uh, to make notes during the meeting, even uh, though you maybe not use them at all. If every single person will make some type of note, they will be more engaged into the meeting, and uh, what's more important, they will have something to remember this meeting by when or if they ever need it. And going to the next point, which is called just start. So don't sit around and wait for great things happen to you. Starting a task can be the most daunting part and we end up wasting time procrastinating and worrying about what could go wrong. Often we just don't want to get going. The secret to getting started is uh, 
ensuring you have broken your large overwhelming tasks into small manageable chunks and then getting to work on the first one. And as one person said, essentially the best time to start doing something was yesterday, the second best time is right now. So here I can only tell you that this idea actually helped me a lot, especially with the dividing, breaking the large overwhelming tasks into small manageable chunks, because essentially if you do that, you are able to enter it into the to-do list, and if you're entering that into a to-do list, you essentially are a little bit gamifying the experience of doing some tasks by the simple thing, such as uh, making sure that the tasks are simple, the tasks are manageable, and uh, there is uh, nothing very complicated in these tasks. Because if you will write down, like, publish the podcast episode, as it is for me, then uh, it's not very understandable what should you do in order to publish the podcast episode. So you should at first record it, you should have a script, and so on and so on. But if you break the publish the podcast episode into small manageable tasks, such as, for example, write script for the episode, record the episode, uh, then uh, write the description, uh, create the art for your podcast, then uh, upload the podcast, uh, copy-paste the description, copy uh, create the naming, and uh, press publish, then in that case, all of these tasks are much more manageable because you understand what is required what is needed for you to do in order to do it. So essentially, just start, it's a very good idea. Going next, going next in code, set clear goals. So ensure that your goals are as clear as they can be. Setting vague goals deprives you of the focus you need to achieve them and consult yourself, like consider why you want to achieve your goal. If your motivation is not solid, you are unlikely to stick with it. Also, get clear on how you will go about achieving it. Finally, ask yourself what the consequences are for not meeting your goals. Write these down and review them very so often. And also, the only thing that I can add to this idea of setting clear goals is um, to therapy yourself a little bit more often. So by that I mean that we, as people, are much better at giving advices than following them. So essentially, if you consider yourself uh, at some kind of therapy where you are both patient and therapist, in that case, you maybe will provide yourself quite good ideas, and uh, the only problem that will be left is uh, for you to follow these ideas. But essentially, self-therapeuting in uh, the case of the goals, in case of uh, what should you do next, what type of life should you pursue, all of this can be very perfectly done by yourself, by simply self-managing yourself. Going next, next point is called be realistic. Perfectionism is enemy to productivity. In setting goals, we should choose ones that stretch us, but that still reside in the realm of possibility. Having goals that are too lofty will demotivate us because we won't really believe we can achieve them and can harm our progress. Instead, setting goals that are realistic will give us more incentive to pursue them and allow us to enjoy the success of completing them. Here the other thing that I can add is that being realistic is uh, much more important in the time management, not only with goals, because if we're talking about time management, very often we suppose that we are 
able to do much more than uh, we really are. So, for example, if I will write down that I will um, record the podcast, uh, record video, edit video, edit podcast, uh, create something for my business, uh, do something for, for my school, for my work, in that case, in theory, I can complete all of it. But let's be realistic, it's not as it is. That's why setting realistic goals, as for example, uh, creating podcast episode and uh, having fun and uh, doing something I really enjoy. Uh, straight after that, if I have enough time left, then maybe write the script for the YouTube video. And in that case, I'm being realistic and uh, I can ensure that I will be able to complete all of my goals, all of my to-do lists, because uh, I have been realistic. I know that my time management is uh, much more realistic than it could be, and I have buffer time between it, but all about uh, all of this, we of course will talk a little bit later. And going to the next idea, which is called find time for yourself. Because some of the most innovative ideas come to us in the space between doing tasks. It's difficult for inspiration to hit when your mind is completely absorbed in something else. So taking time out for yourself, even just for downtime doing nothing, is essential for idea generation. Schedule it in so that uh, that time is uh, protected. And I can only add that uh, such time is very good uh, done if you're talking about meditation, if you're talking about taking walks, uh, working out. Because uh, from my personal experience, I can tell you that the meditation time actually have brought myself a lot of uh, very good ideas, which I'm pursuing right now, very good goals. The same also can be told about uh, gyms, the same can be told about simply taking walks. Because during this time, during this time with myself, I have enough time to think about something else. Because I'm not consumed by uh, the work, I'm not consumed by my tasks. I'm not consumed by, like, watching Netflix or something else. I'm spending just time with myself, and so essentially while doing something physically, or while doing nothing, meditation is here. So in that case, I, you can actually think creatively, you can think about what's going on with your life. And the same also can be applied uh, for journaling, because that's one of the reasons why I really enjoy journaling. Because while it, you are spending time with yourself, and you are putting your thoughts, your flow of thoughts on the paper and by doing that you are ensuring that uh, all of your ideas have been written down so that's uh, two birds with one stone so you write down your ideas and you get them out of your head so essentially that's quite a good one and the next productivity hack is called your biological prime time because for most people we are most alert and productive within the first few hours of waking so typically 9 to 11 a.m you probably already have an idea of when your biological prime time is. Exploit this and schedule in your most important work for these times when you're performing at your best. But here I can add that it's not mandatory the morning hours because uh, some people are late sleepers, as for example am I. So that's why I am not at my best productivity during morning hours. I'm at my best productivity when it is dark outside, so essentially in the evening, during night, because during this time I can feel peace, I feel less anxiety, and that's why I try to schedule all of the important tasks which I can schedule during the night 
powers for example uh, the thing of uh, scripting the thing of um, writing something down the thing of studying something hard and important i schedule it for the best time when i feel less anxious more motivated so essentially that's my biological prime time going next productive procrastination it's called and the thing is that nobody's perfect we all procrastinate sometimes however you can upgrade your procrastination time to make even that productive get non-work related tasks done while procrastinating like run errands read or listen to a podcast to continually develop and expand your mind that way rather than feeling guilty and a little bit dirty like you might if you spent that time scrolling through social media you can come out at the other end of your procrastination time feeling like a more knowledgeable or more organized person and that's quite a good idea because i could personally try that i have tried that with uh, the youtube videos which i'd like to watch with uh, some podcasts which i'd like to hear so for example there is a one good function on youtube called watch later so essentially that's a playlist for your watch later videos and what i'm doing when i'm seeing the video which i'd like to watch later which can be a little bit useful or i suppose it can be useful so in that case i add that to that playlist so essentially when i am feeling that i would like to procrastinate i do not just scroll over tiktok or instagram i go to that uh, youtube playlist and i start watching videos which i have scheduled for later for myself so essentially it feels more productive it expanded my knowledge and at the same time i have some type of rest for myself because procrastination essentially that's some type of rest and i feel less anxious because procrastination one of the reasons why procrastination actually appears is because of us feeling pretty anxious about doing something new so essentially going next it's called work from home and though it might not be for everyone working from home can boost some people's productivity significantly there are any number of reasons why this might be but it's uh, it's likely to do with the refreshing effect of having a change of scenery now and again that alongside keeping a stressful and draining commute elimination of usual office distractions like nosy phone conversations colleagues making chit chat over your desks and so on and cutting out uh, decisions such as what to wear to work or where to eat lunch contributes to more focus available for getting good work done and uh, unfortunately i cannot agree with that point because for me personally it's highly important to have uh, specific dedicated places for work specific dedicated places uh, to study to have fun and so on so that's why working from home doesn't work for me because uh, the thing where i'm uh, working from so my desk essentially it's more associated with uh, some fun with some pleasure with some youtube so my hobbies and it's not associated uh, with the work like at all that's why i find it much harder for me to study or to work from home as it is and of course in my field where i'm working right now so essentially in the medical field it's much more difficult to work from home when your patients are laying in the hospital so going next and called uh, killed your darlings and we all get irrationally attached to certain ideas or ways of doing things either because we are used to them because we came up with the idea ourselves or because we simply like them so they are our darlings but this can come at the cost of real productivity and progress if the beloved method is actually not that great 
So learn to see things more objectively in terms uh, of their true effectiveness and let go of uh, what isn't serving your greater purpose, however painful that might sometimes be. And that I only can add the same uh, idea which I have told a little bit earlier, and that's uh, the self-meditating, uh, self-mediating and uh, self-therapy. So essentially when you give yourself some advices while trying to look objectively on the things that you are doing. For me personally, such darling was uh, the concept of taking uh, smooth and beautiful notes for my university, because uh, that for me was uh, actually true method for learning, but this method is highly ineffective, so essentially that was quite hard for me, but I have completed that, that I am not doing that anymore, so I have killed my darling, my darling method of um, keeping neat and Instagram-worthy notes just for the sake of real knowledge, for the sake of real progress. Going next, going next to the point number 48, and it's called Be On Time. So start at the start, essentially. Uh, be On Time. According to a recent study by uh, Bain and Company, a meeting that starts 5 minutes late will be 8% less productive. When given a precise time limit for meetings' objectives, people are more likely to work harder to accomplish them. Be clear on the amount of time you need to commute to your meeting and also be conservative in your calculations, so allow an extra 15 minutes for delays. So the, this advice actually adds both buffer time, so extra 15 minutes for delays, and also it uh, takes you to be more punctual, more precise with uh, your meetings, with uh, almost everything, because uh, first of all, being late shows people uh, disrespect, because you respect uh, yourself more than the time of your colleague, more, more time of your opponent, and uh, it doesn't matter, but it shows disrespect, and uh, essentially people are less motivated to be more productive uh, with you if you are being late. And of course, as uh, Japanese or Chinese, I suppose, proverb was, so if you're being 15 minutes late, you give uh, your enemies 15 minutes to remember how bad are you. So, I suppose that that's uh, self-explanatory and that's uh, not a very big problem. Going next, and also it goes to meetings, and it's called help others in meetings. Because it's easy for meetings to get hijacked by the biggest and loudest personalities in the room. But showy doesn't always equal the best. So do your part in encouraging all participants to contribute to the conversation, and you might uncover gold that will help everyone. Here I can only tell that meetings essentially for lots of ideas are pretty useless, because uh, some meetings, a lot of meetings, could be just an email, and I have found out that if we're talking about meetings, the best ideas are being found not only during the meetings, but, uh, for example, during chat, because lots of people uh, are being uh, not so unchatty, so essentially people prefer to write more than talk. So that's why if we're having face-to-face uh, -face meetings, in that case, people who are loudest, more so expressive personalities, in that case, they will hijack all the meeting, and uh, you will hear close to non-ideas from the people who are more quiet. So that's why uh, lots of the meetings are essentially better if we're talking about uh, having a meeting like a chat, so where people are writing what they're thinking, so in that case, it's much harder for some people to be... Uh, more dominant, so to hijack the meeting, 
and it's much easier for other people who are more quiet during the face-to-face -face meetings to show their idea because they can uh, neatly write it down and uh, they feel less anxious about it. Going next, and it's called don't reread emails. So incorporating a strict one-time only read policy on your emails will guarantee that you read with greater care and attention and will retain the information better than if you skim read then forget. And you reduce the chances of forgetting important messages and of course save time by not rereading emails or scrolling through your inbox. Quite a good idea, but here I can only add that essentially it's much better to keep a notebook by your uh, PC, by your laptop, in order for you to take notes on important emails, on something, uh, on some to-do list and so on. So essentially to have some place to enter your to-dos from the emails, from uh, meetings and so on. So essentially for me, that is uh, a small notebook which is located near my monitor, so near my keyboard as well. And uh, all I'm doing when I have an idea, when I have uh, some important email or so on, I just uh, write it down and so essentially then I can return to it a little bit later. And of course, if uh, some of the emails is very, very intense uh, and very useful, so in that case, I can take notes on this email as well. Going next, acknowledge your success. So while it's important to keep looking forward and uh, barreling toward your goals, it's equally important to take a moment and acknowledge the things you have already accomplished. So give yourself a little pat on the back, and by uh, recognizing the fruits of your efforts, you will keep yourself motivated, which will in turn ensure you continue to achieve your goals. Here quite a controversial, uh, actually, productivity hack, because um, it's very easy for people to get distracted by something in the past, by something in the future, and to find yourself in the present it's much harder for, for lots of people, for people at all. So that's why uh, such things as meditation exist, such things as uh, being present exist. So essentially the idea of being present is um, the idea of you sitting down and understanding where are you located, what's located near you, and so on. So essentially you are spending time in order to understand where are you located right now, so physically, mentally, and so on. So essentially this is a quite a good idea and uh, all I can tell you that acknowledging your success, of course, is important, but leave that to your self-medication, so self-therapy thing, when uh, you are looking more objectively on your life, more, ob more objectively on your goals, uh, because if you will uh, look back all of the time, so like, I'm so good, I, I have done lots of good things. So in that case, it would be much harder for you to, uh, to actually do something great again, because you will be more concentrated on your past and then your future or the current place you are located in. And going to the next point, which is called make a public commitment. So simply telling someone else about the task makes you more likely to do it. Once made public, a mix of pride, shame and the sense of responsibility will keep you on track to fulfill a commitment more than a promise you've merely kept to yourself. So that's essentially that's the reason why uh, lots of YouTubers, for example, are posting about a new video, so which is uh, 
going to be posted uh, a little bit later, which they are doing right now. One of the reasons, of course, that's uh, growing up a hype, so in order people, for people to be waiting for that video, but of course at the same time some of the people do that in order to make a public commitment, in order for them to keep doing that, because uh, if we're talking about something something hard, something difficult to complete, so for example some difficult YouTube video which they were planning for a long time, so in that case I can tell that uh, it's uh, very easy to procrastinate, it's very easy to start doing uh, like useless shit. And so essentially that's uh, the reason why people are creating a public commitment, why people are posting about what they are up to doing when it's uh, halfway there for example, because in that case it would be much easier for them to continue doing that, continue doing the project, and especially it will be much easier if you will have like a public deadline, so essentially if you're telling people that uh, in a week, like on Thursday, you will be, I will release a new video, so in that case you will uh, work much harder in order to release this video by Thursday than if you will have uh, no like deadline at all and no public commitment, because otherwise uh, some new project can take all of the time you will provide, because sometimes it's uh, very much needed to tell like stop that's enough so we are uh, standing on our ground right now we are not um, making any changes to the project which we are completely done with so and uh, i hope that uh, makes some sense so going next go next to the next point and it's called drink coffee responsibly and caffeine is a powerful stimulant that when properly employed can up our energy levels and productivity gains significantly so get to rely however it will be as bad as any addiction with the Levant effect, of course. So, those strategically between 9.30 to 11.30 am and 1.30 to 5 pm, when your body's cortisol level drops, and you will most benefit from a boost. And here I can only tell that actually caffeine uh, time uh, taken in order to have break in our body is something around uh, 12 hours, so essentially it's uh, not highly recommended for people who are very, uh, very susceptible to caffeine. In that case, uh, it's not, uh, and of course for people who are not uh, such susceptible for caffeine, but, uh, but want to have a uh, good night sleep, it's not highly recommended to take uh, coffee after 1 p.m. Because otherwise, your caffeine will still be present in your body 12, approximately 12 hours later. So, coffee it's a very uh, difficult su substance to keep with, especially in the society where drinking coffee uh, it's uh, normal, first of all, and then it's like uh, drinking water uh, for different public meetings, because uh, you will not drink water when meeting with someone at a cafe, you will most probably drink uh, coffee. So here I can only recommend you to drink not coffee, but to drink first of all decaf, if you are needed to drink something, or for example drink some teas with uh, less caffeine or no caffeine at all. So these two kind of teas actually really exist, and I can only recommend you if you are planning on drinking something after 1pm. Going to the next point, and it's called drink water, simple as that, so it hydrates your body and fuels your mind. So simple, yet something many of us fail to do. Being well hydrated promotes better focus, energy levels, and sleep. 
So aim for 8 cups a day, and if you're forgetful, the hydrated app will monitor how hydrated your body is. Keep track of the last time you had a drink of water, and tell you when you are due to drink again, so allowing you to keep track of your daily water intake, so no excuses now. And also, by the way, there exists like smart water bottles, I don't remember the brand name, but essentially it uh, blinks the light when it's time for you to drink some water, if you're forgetful, but for me it works that way that I always keep a bottle of water with me, so that's why I don't forget to drink and I have, and I have been pretty hydrated uh, since the time when I have bought myself a reusable water bottle. And going up to the next point which is called flow, so getting into a state of flow means being completely absorbed in an activity, so focused in control and creative, so read productive. While we have all experienced falling into a state of flow at random and merging, blinking, an hour later having blasted through a load of work. There are also are ways to stimulate this state, so distractions uh, are anathema to flow, so nix those first of all. Having specific rituals before beginning work can help you alongside ensuring you are invested in the work, and uh, that the task is just challenging enough for you to stretch you without being too hard. So flow state essentially is the, for your point of most productivity, and um, that's essentially the thing which uh, all of the people knowingly or unknowingly are trying to achieve. So um, as it uh, is told in the text, so having rituals, uh, for example, having a cup of coffee before starting to write something, or having a cup of tea before starting to read something, or playing some specific playlist when you are doing something, so for example, a specific playlist for gym, a specific playlist for work and so on, it may ensure or at least uh, make it more probable that you will enter the flow state much more easier. Going next, and the last point for today, point number 40, is called one small change. So a journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. Even the biggest achievements are composed of hundreds of small actions, so incorporating small, incremental changes to your habits gives you a much higher chance of succeeding that a sudden huge change that jars your system and is more likely to demotivate you sooner. So want to learn a new language? Learn just a two new words per day, so one time these small painless changes will took so little effort to get started, will build up and um, it will get easier to increase the load over time. So this point could be a sub-point to divide your tasks into small manageable chunks, so one step at a time and uh, all of this. And on this uh, positive note, on this recommendation on dividing everything to the small easy steps, I would like to end the third part of definitively 100 productivity hacks that will help. So next time, 20 new productivity hacks, and straight after that, our top 20. Thank you for being here, and see you next week.